but here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. We are going to rhyme it. Just yeah, that's where he just ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Whose house? Wow. Rammy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers the Pod. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined by my brother and the other host of this show, Nick. And Nick, you're a fan of a three and five football team. How do you feel? Oh, my God. I feel great. <laughs> Thursday, I got paid today, going to Disney this weekend. Um, I'm ex- yeah, all positive vibes for me over here. Still repping like a, just won the Super Bowl. Still repping a Super Bowl winner's hat, as you can see. Um, yeah, no, I feel good. No, no complaints. I'm actually really excited for this game Sunday. Uh, why? The idea of a Matthew Staffordless Rams with a quarterback who can escape the pocket in a situation like this where the defense is already playing up. I don't know. It seems to have a little bit of magic potentially in my heart. Oh, I don't. I see. I feel the complete opposite of magic, probably because you're going to Disney World this weekend. So maybe you feel a little bit of the extra Mickey magic. I don't feel any of that. I don't feel like a, a backup quarterback gives us a spark. If anything, maybe Kyron Williams gives you a spark if he's activated in this week. And Alaric Jackson playing well, left tackle, can recover from a knee injury. Maybe. I guess you could, as a last resort, I understand why you would potentially want to see a quarterback that could move the pocket. You know, I, I just, oh, it's not what I want to see. I don't want to see this team get back to their winning ways in the way that they played last year. But it seems like it's too far gone. Well, I think we're you're kind of in a fun spot because you're not out of it at all. Even if you lose, I really don't even think you're out of it because of the landscape of the NFC. Um, you got to fight for every single one of these games. You can go ten and six if you lose the next if, if you lose this one. But it's also Arizona, so like we own them. So I never going into Arizona, we could. I it's tough for me to even feel um, worried. I guess is the word. I feel like I'm in a meet and greet line to meet Clarabelle Cal right now. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> An analogy that I try to juggle in real time, but have a hard time doing so. What are you, sorry, are you excited to meet the person behind the costume? Where, where's the analogy there? No analogy. One time me and Dean went to Disney and we just got stoked that we were going to, there was a character that we found on the app and it was Clarabelle Cal. And I knew I'd get him to laugh if I said that. <laughs> we would be thrown off. You sure did. Complete, complete curveball. 12-6 breaking ball. Um, okay, you want to you jump that, answer before we get into the Cardinals? Yes, but that is the kind of thing that a backup quarterback is going to be able to bring to this team. That kind of that kind of whimsy, throwing off nature. Sure. Yeah, this is the confidence that I feel like I needed in this episode, although I come on, I'm on the complete opposite spectrum. Bet online. Basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, always the easiest. 
bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, Nick, uh, you're a professional at that. There's no uh, two ways about it. You're a professional ad reader and uh, potentially a new Nick's Picks theme song today. Oh, always. I promised it. I said it at the beginning of the year. I said, I don't care how many people we're going to have to fire. Nick's Picks is going to have a new theme song every week. Nick's Picks is now 10 for the last 10 weeks in having a consistent theme song. You're more consistent than the Rams. I am. I mean, I lost last week collectively on the bets, but... I definitely have a better winning record than the Rams do. Better winning record than everybody but the Eagles, it seems. Okay, so the Cardinals are playing the Rams this weekend, obviously. The Cardinals are a three and six football team, while the Rams are three and five. It's a Nick, same I, team. I, I know, Nick, as you t- we opened up this episode, you said that the season doesn't necessarily come down to this game. But for both teams, I feel like you could argue they're equally desperate. And the Cardinals' next two games is the Rams this weekend. And then Monday night against the 49ers. And I feel like as soon as Hard Knocks opened up, as the newest episode came out yesterday, featuring the Cardinals in the middle of the season, which I thought was pretty interesting. Not the first time that they've done that. But they went into Cliff Kingsbury and he talked about how, you know, if we if we beat Seattle, which is a game that they already lost, if we beat the Rams, you know, we could be potentially looking at a first place battle on Monday night against the San Francisco 49ers. So wishful thinking, they didn't make it there. Um, but if they get through the Rams, there's a potential for them to get back to five and six if they could win the next two weeks. But I don't know. I feel like if they win the next two, first place isn't necessarily for the taking. But there are three wins so far, Nick. The first one was the Raiders in overtime, then the Panthers on the road, and then their first home victory in almost a full calendar year against the Saints, which was, what, three weeks back at this point? So they're coming off of two straight losses two really tough back-to-back losses against the Vikings and the Seahawks this past weekend. They've lost four of five games, Nick, and I think they're as equally desperate and as equally hungry as we are to get a win. Yeah, that video came out on Twitter. You sent it to me before I could send it to you. It was really funny because I was about to send it to you where they're in the Cardinals locker room, and I don't even know what player it is. Buda Baker. Buda Baker is like essentially brought to tears saying how I don't want to do this anymore. Like, you know, I, we're better than this. I want to keep losing in front of our fans, um, like use all of this. And I was like, perfect. We got them on the week where they're just, you know, they're giving their, they're playing their little hearts out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the fact that Hard Knocks is in their face with the camera, statistically that shows that, you know, when that stuff is happening, it's one more thing for your brain to think about. And it usually doesn't help. Um, so I think we, I think we kind of got them in a good spot. It is the Cardinals, the same way that Shanahan owns uh, McVeigh, is the way that McVeigh owns Cliff Kingsbury. Actually, I would say it's not that that bad, but still, yeah. Um, well, I am uh, in the regular season last year against us, so I guess it's not all equal, but very. And then, equal. yeah. And then we beat them in the postseason. So Shanahan wasn't able to do that against McVeigh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I you know it's it's the Cardinals, and this like I thought they were going to be much better th- than they were this year. But a lot of people on the inactive list, which, which we'll go through. So 
I think we called him at a good spot, and it's a chance to really take reins in a season that isn't really going your way. Yeah, a lot of really good stuff that you mentioned there. I think that, um, too, in Hard Knocks, I think statistically it's something else to weigh in your brain. So there's a psychology element to it where you always feel like there's a camera in your face. You have to perform. You have to say something. I don't think that's Buda Baker's nature. I feel like that's just naturally who he is as a player. But like Cliff Kingsbury, for example, like within the first 15 minutes of that episode, Nick, I want to kind of pass this to you just because we're all over the betting odds and everything. And, you know, who's going to get fired next and, you know, what the potential is of this actually happening. But they seem like they're in some form of legitimate turmoil. And that's the kind of hard knocks mentality that they want to follow. Right. They want to find teams that are in some kind of turmoil that have a head coaching, I guess, drama inconsistency. Right, where the quarterback likes to argue back and forth with the coach, and then the coach seems like if Kyler makes a big play, he's just going to go for whatever Kyler has to do or whatever play Kyler just made. You know, there's a recency bias there, it feels like for him. So I don't know. You know, McVay and Cliff Kingsbury are really good friends, but do you feel like he's a guy that's potentially going to be on the chopping block if they lose a couple of more games? I think he's a guy that is potentially on the chopping block. Absolutely. I know they just had the contract extension for him, which really doesn't mean that much with coaches. And coaches don't add to the cap. So you can cut somebody and just kind of eat that if you're an owner as dead money. So that's something that you don't really like, you know, statistic, like not statistically, but fundamentally, uh, you don't have to really worry about if you're the Cardinals uh, front office. No, like even if you did just sign him to that. Okay. I do, I do believe that he's probably the next head coach fired if they lose this game. He's probably has a single game leash after that. Well, yeah, you think if they lose to Seattle, to the Rams, and to the 49ers in back-to-back-to-back weeks, those are three divisional losses. I think you can kind of cut bait and look at the future of your franchise in that scenario. And I also just don't think that Cliff and Kyler have the relationship that most head coaches and quarterbacks have. You know, it it actually reminds me a lot of um, Nagy's last year. Well, no. No, I was, well, yeah, I mean that that fits too. But Nagy's last year as a head coach with uh, Mitch Trubisky was uh, was horrible, and all and the time Fields, yeah, all the time you see them cutting to the sidelines, and Nagy's like yelling at him, um, and that's just you know people like to tweet that out and be like, well, this is football, this is what it's supposed to be like. You, you've never played if it's not like this. And really, I mean, you know, it's also human nature. You're, you're at a job. You don't want somebody to be publicly yelling at you in front of your other coworkers at that job. That's so, correct. yeah, it's um, it, it 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 looks grim. And if they do fire him, I would love to bring him in. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you could potentially bring him in as a coordinator. That would be awesome. Because um, I don't think the odds of him potentially getting another head coaching job after he gets fired from this job, the chances are low. I would say. But I mean, the reason why I feel like they are so low is because the Cardinals are seven and fifteen in December and January with Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. That's just an unbelievably bad record. And last year, the Cardinals lost six of their final ten games. I think it was after starting seven and zero. So there's some legitimate questions, um, and it's led to, you know, Kingsbury is he a true head coach in the pros? You know, is that something that they want to continue with in the future? And it seems like these are potential opportunities within hard knocks to kind of expose the kind of coach that he is, right? I feel like he is the complete opposite of a Sean McVay, right? Where of course they're getting up at five o'clock in the morning, but then when the lights go off, it seems like McVay wants to go out, wants to, you know, enjoy life and live life. And Cliff Kings- Kingsbury's like nine o'clock. I'm tired, mentally, physically exhausted. I need to shut off the lights and just turn it off, which 
is understandable. But as a head coach, I feel like you have to have a never-ending desire and motor to be able to motivate players and people that are, you know, of the same of a similar age. So it could be difficult, but I don't know. I think Cliff King- Kingsbury's in a very interesting spot. If he loses a couple it, more games, I think he's all but gone. I see it like this where, and maybe just because it's the field I work in, but the greatest directors are obsessed with their work to the point where you have to pull them out of the editing room. Um, like Cliff Kingsbury strikes me as like a nine to five studio hire director. Um, like one of those Marvel directors that you kind of just plug in. It's like the franchise is, it is making the movie. We just need you to sign off. And McVeigh, he's got a little more Scorsese in him. You know what I mean? Like he's got to make sure the masterpiece is perfect and he'll fire somebody halfway through the entire process. So sure. I, I thought that was a little cute analogy. So I, I think it's a, it's a really good, better than the Clarabelle cow analogy that you mm-hmm. made earlier in this episode. No, but it's, it's a really good point because you know, if Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury is not that guy, like I think that the, he's a coach's kid. He grew up playing football. He played for the Patriots. He played for Bill Belichick. You know, he's coached for this team for three plus years at this point. So, I mean, it, he does fit the mold, but is he that next level type of head coach that's going to get your franchise over the top and potentially win playoff games, win games at home? As simply as you could put it, I don't think he's that guy. So, you know, that's going to be an interesting position where they end up in in a couple of weeks. But fantastic analogy. And uh, McVeigh is Scorsese, not something I'd expect to hear in week eight of this season from you, week nine. Hey, you know, this is the year where Scorsese went off and voiced the lead, or not the lead, but voiced (laughs) the side character in Shark Tale. You know, they're they're not all going to be hits, okay? True. That's a very deep cut. Uh, Yeah. Very, very impressed with those are three very strong analogies so far. (laughs) 12 minutes into the episode. Well done. Um, okay, so there's news about Kyler Murray's hamstring. I mean, if you you watched the game last weekend, you watched the episode of Hard Knocks. If Kyler Murray can't go, I pulled up a couple of games last year, a couple of highlights. Is it still Colt McCoy? Their backup quarterback, Colt McCoy, who to me looks exactly like Roy, Rory McIlroy, the golfer. Identical Ooh. faces. I wish I could pull up a pick sitch. I don't have them up right now. Forgive me. Live producing the show. But if Kyler doesn't play, I think there's a legitimate reminder that needs to be said about what Colt McCoy is capable of as a backup. And Rams fans might not want to hear this. But against San Francisco in early November of last year, 85% completion percentage, 249 yards and a touchdown, quarterback rating of 130. And then two weeks later against Seattle, threw for an 80% completion percentage, 328 yards and two touchdowns, a rating of 120. So he was doing his best Geno Smith impression in that scenario. But against the Rams' bend-don't-break defense, their soft zone coverage, what everybody likes to say, uh, he may be the better option for them if Kyler is any kind of immobile in this situation. So I don't know. It's, it's. I guess you could argue like the way you started this episode, how backup quarterbacks could potentially be the storyline. I mean, there's a very, very high chance. I feel like Matthew Stafford is not going to play in this game due to a concussion. And Kyler Murray, I mean, a hamstring injury. I, I mean, guys his age could potentially play, but it's usually at least one single week that they have to sit out. So, I mean, right. you saw Debo Samuel when we played the 49ers. You know, you saw their long injury report. Cardinals are dealing with something very, very similar in this upcoming week. 
Yeah, yeah. It, like I said, I feel like we're kind of hitting them at a good time. Unfortunately, it just seems like no week is a good time for this Rams team. Yeah. However, I do believe Colt McCoy – I mean, Kyler has the biggest struggles ever when he's up against Aaron Donald. Um, if the escape factor goes away. He sees Donald coming, and he just kind of throws it down. Sometimes, like last time we played them this season, he got an intentional grounding call because he tried to throw it away. Mm-hmm. Um Colt McCoy, I, I would think, would be even more scared. Um, so it's not something that – either way, I think you're getting the same game plan, whereas you can kind of be a lot more creative if you get Perkins or Wolford in there. <laughs> I don't know about – oh, is creative the word? I feel like just a little bit more flexible with how you could move the pocket and how you could potentially well, run the ball. Yeah, I mean, football this year in general has kind of been ugly. I mean, you have a team with led by Marcus Mariota who runs the ball more than anything, um, like, you know, on top of their division. So it's the way that the defenses are being run this year that you can kind of, you know, you can take off your your Super Bowl champ, um, Matthew Stafford headset, and you can put on something new that's fresh. And it gives you an opportunity to really open the playbook. And when you have a bad O-line, a guy like that that's going to be able to escape is going to be able just to pick up a couple yards on his feet that Matthew Stafford's not going to be able to do. It's interesting you said open up the playbook. Just uh, The only reason I say that is because I feel like you're cutting the playbook in half mm. when you have a backup quarterback. Like a lot of the empty set stuff, a lot of the five receiver sets, you know, singling Cooper Cup, who's in the slot or on the outside, you know, whatever it is that the Rams' offense typically does, I feel like you're going to have half of that available. And maybe that's just specifically because you feel like you have a new running back in Kyron Williams who you could unleash, or maybe because, you know, you could use a fourth of the playbook, you know, naked boots, get play, get your quarterback in space, you move the pocket, you can, you know, have the offensive line not have to just pass block for four seconds, five seconds while plays develop down the field. And you could be relying on your quarterback using his escapability. Like, I feel like if I were to look at Sean McVay's playbook and Cliff Kingsbury's playbook side by side, I feel like Cliff's would be, I don't know, half the size. You know, you're, you're, it's, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but between the two of them, there's so much more complexity to Sean McVay's offense, so many more moving pieces. In Cliff Kingsbury's offense, I, I don't necessarily see the exact same thing, but with Colt McCoy, you know, I think both both playbooks are going to be completely downsized in order to simplify the game, get easy yards, and just be able to try to put some points on the board. So that's what both teams need to do is put some points up. Yes, absolutely. Both these teams over under this year is soared under on uh, points total. Yeah, um, I think it's 45 this week, Nick. I can't find 45 points for them to score amongst the two of them. No, but it's a divisional game, so sure. anything can happen. Uh a couple things you said there really struck me. And cutting the playbook in half and what the Rams offense typically does. They typically don't do shit this year. They have been horrendous. All they've had is like one developing Cooper Cup play. Like, you know, that's like their only touchdown the whole game. And then they're trying, begging to get in field goal range. So while you can say you're cutting it in half, Half of it already doesn't work. Yeah. So true. use true. so use what works 
and then bring in like the new fun, like, you know, direct snap to Williams or, you know, the backup, like catching a pass out the backfield or something like I'd like bring that front and center because you have to treat this like a kitchen sink game, essentially, especially if you're starting a backup, every backup game should kind of be a kitchen sink game. So creativity has been the thing that I think has lacked most with this Ram teams. It's why, it's why I've been the most frustrated this season on offense. The creativity is just insanely lackluster. So you have a real opportunity here to be like a legitimate mastermind and think of like completely new things and come up with a almost an entirely new playbook. And I feel like he always has that in his back pocket because his two backups, like we face two backups are, are Wolford who can run and yep. Perkins. So We'll see. I also think if they start Wolford and he throws like an interception early, I think he may not see the field again. Well, no, it's it's not a fair, not a, a it's a decent argument to have, right? Because I feel like all week has been Perkins, Wolford, right after the Stafford news came out. It's like, who do we go to? We should start Perkins. Perkins was better in the preseason. But, you know, it's it's a really good point because while half of the playbook doesn't necessarily work, you could use the other half of it to instill some kind of read option or a pistol formation or just kind of resemble what the Baltimore Ravens do or any team that the Chicago Bears, what they're kind of starting to do a little bit with Justin Fields. You know, there's a little bit of a migration that you can do. You could just kind of pick and choose, right, which plays you think you could specifically instill into the offense. And then you're not giving your quarterback, you know, 15 different cans and 15 different audibles. Like it's a very straightforward, simplistic game plan. There doesn't have to be, you know, 15, 20 additional plays that you bring into the playbook, but five or six that have that look to them that could, you know, throw the defense off and keep them on their toes. So if if you could kind of run everything out of the same look, like we talked about marrying the pass and run, we've talked about it all year. That's going to be a situation that they could put themselves in to simplify the entire game plan and just pick up some easy yards, right? I mean, I wouldn't be upset with a 12 to nine football game. As long as you can control the speed of the game and you could be the team that's on top in the end because you've developed a run, because you've instilled play action, and because you're able to spread the field a little bit when the defense gives it to you. And there's a lot of deficiencies on this defense right now. It's not like you're playing the 49ers or the Bucs or even. I mean, this is one of the worst defenses in the entire league. So there's a legitimate opportunity. If you can execute on the simple stuff, this team is going to be fine this weekend. Yeah, and that's that's exactly how how I feel and, and what I want them to do is just be able to have play designs where the quarterback can just, you know, afford to pick up a few yards. On sure. Like if the short pass breaks up, like move, move away from the screens, you know, cause that's what they're expecting. Like if, if the quick pass isn't available, I want to see you bootleg it out and, yep. and, and get a couple yards on your feet. Yeah. Um, and then this is something that I guess I won't be able to see, but it was something that I was looking forward to, just thinking about the future. I wanted to see post-Stafford McVay era where you have a quarterback that is different than what Stafford brought to the table. So this kind of gives me a quasi-opportunity to see that because, you know, Stafford and Goff, like it or not, they're very similar. They come from the same handbook. Um, one's just probably more of a gunsling than the other, but they're pocket passers. So to bring in somebody – that's like a Lamar Jackson type, you know, and like be able to, to like have like a whole different set of weapons from the quarterback is very exciting to me, especially in a time when you're three and five, like 
and you just won the Super Bowl. So right. the expectations are are kind of fluctuant, and you have an opportunity to really do something fun. Yeah, and I mean, it's a reason why I wanted to see McVeigh kind of draft and develop somebody over the past couple of years, because mm-hmm. I would have really have liked to have seen that too, where if Stafford goes down, you're not reliant on a backup that, and you know, John Wolford's not a journeyman. Like I, I read the article about what his schedule looks like every single day and the commitment that he puts into it. Like, I don't have anything bad to say about John Wolford in this situation. Like he's going to be ready to play if he's called upon, but like, even like a, a you know, Bryce Perkins, like I would love if that player was somebody that McVay drafted last year and felt like he had a ton of confidence in and could just kind of rotate series like you would, you know, in a college game, you know, let, let these guys just kind of go out and see who can get a better control of the offense. And then whoever has it throughout three or four series, you let them kind of take off and play the whole rest of the game. But no, I, I think it's a really good point. I don't think Goff and Stafford are, are that similar just because Stafford has the ability to change arm angles and he's a little bit more mobile, but I completely see where you're coming from. And I think we could both agree on the fact that we both wish that Sean McVay had somebody in his back pocket that he was ready to develop and throw onto the field in this game. Stafford definitely last year had those different arm angle throws. They are missing from his arsenal this year. Put him on a milk carton because so many times I'm seeing him do the little you know, like the sidearm pass and it floats over somebody. And I'm like, oh, do you do that again? That's going to get picked. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, Pressure. I want Stafford to, like the NBA, or NBA, sorry, NFL concussion protocol has been very far back from where it should be. And the Tua situation kind of opened everybody's eyes. So I'm, I want him to be safe. So, yeah, I don't – I mean, I genuinely don't don't want him to play in this game one. Two, yeah. I don't think he's going to play in this game. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play either. But if if I do see them trot him onto the field, while, while the Rams have a 3-5 and five record and they won the Super Bowl last year, I think that's just kind of disgraceful in a way. That's my yeah, – I mean, I, would totally, I just think of it from a person and from a family perspective too. Right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. His wife is not going to want him in that situation. Plus, he has four really young little girls where, God forbid, anything like that happens. And, you know, he doesn't – he loses his ability to be able to play with his kids or he has, has to deal with memory loss. Like, keep him far away from the field. You know, yeah. let him sit in, in McVay's office all weekend. Let him stand right by his side. Let him call some plays. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> you're not interested in, in who the offensive coordinator is, which doesn't seem like any Rams fans are interested in Liam Cohn anymore. You know, let's see what else you can get out of a, a quarterback who's been in the league for 12, 13 years and could, you know, it's it, McVay acts like it's his best buddy. So then work together, come up with a game plan for this next set of guys and try to win a game in Arizona. You're the better team. You have more oh. talented players. You, know, you have more star power. It's, it's in SoFi stadium. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think we're totally on the same page in, in that regard. Yeah. You want to talk about the Cardinals defense real quick? Yeah, I think we should start talking about the, <laughs> the Cardinals. We talked state. a little bit about the offense. <laughs> no, well, I, I mean, there's there's DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey, which I feel like everybody is always excited for that matchup. So, on the I mean, it's been great. Right? It, it was just cool how it went from AFC to NFC. Yeah, totally. And it, same within the same division too, right? Which no, is really no, no. Texans and the Jags were in the division, division and then in division, but just switch conferences, which is an, a very, very interesting matchup to follow. And both such great players, obviously. DeAndre Hopkins is a freak of nature. 
can't say enough good things about him, but he wasn't around in their last matchup. So you saw a lot of Greg Dortch. You saw a lot of Hollywood Brown who's hurt. Um, but similarly to Cooper Cup, Nick, DeAndre Hopkins is nearly the entire offense, right? Outside of what Kyler Murray can produce when he's off script, the volume's similar. Their offense is built with the intent to target him 15 times a game, right? Kind of the same way that they targeted Hollywood in the first game that they played this year. So it's, you know, the same kind of methodology where you can let him get his, but the bend don't break defense is built for the purpose of when they get past the 40, 30, 20 yard line to then be able to put the clamps on him, to double team him, to have, include safety help, linebacker help, whatever you can to get him off his spot. Cause he's a player that's moving all over the place. So Ramsey's not going to be on him consistently. Ramsey's not going to follow him. He's not a follower, but there will be situations where they're paired up one-on-one and it is an incredible matchup. So yeah, it's something very, Something that I always look forward to in these matchups, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always looking for five. And then now I'm looking for six, being like, oh, God, don't let it be thrown <laughs> to to six. Yeah, Cinco and Sace. We like uh, we like Cinco more than we like Sace right now. Um, Cardinals defense, Nick, they're 31st in offensive points allowed. So bottom of the barrel. They're giving up a ton of points, 26th in yards allowed. And they've allowed 11 rushing touchdowns so far this season. So nine games, 11 rushing touchdowns. It's more than one per game. They've also allowed 16 passing touchdowns to six interceptions. If those were Matthew Stafford's numbers this season, we would be six and two. Like there's no doubt to me that our offense has the opportunity, even with a backup quarterback, believe it or not, to form a personality in this game the same way that they always seem to against the Arizona Cardinals. Two things you got working for you in this situation. Defense is bad. Defense is hurt. And oh, I'm going to add a third thing. It's the Cardinals. So three specific outliers that I feel like give me an opportunity to win in any given week. So that when it comes to their edge rushers, right, J.J. Watt's always kind of the first guy that comes to mind. But they only have three sacks, or they don't have an edge rusher, single edge rusher with more than three sacks this entire season. I think their leading edge rusher has two and a half sacks. So very, very similar to us with Leonard Floyd and Justin Hollins and Terrell Lewis. But their biggest hole is at that the most integral position, which is the defensive edge. And then also, you know, you got no Buda Baker in this game, you know, no Byron Murphy of practice, no DJ Humphrey, Humphreys of practice today. So those guys are all in doubt. This defense doesn't have a true personality outside of Zaven Collins, who had a pick six last week, and J.J. Watt, who's dealing with a knee injury. So there's a lot going on with them, like Marcus Golden, a sack and a half, Zach Allen, two and a half sacks, Myjay Sanders, one sack. Like none of these guys are game wreckers. So there's a legitimate opportunity from an offensive perspective to be able to move the pocket and, you know, develop some stuff downfield. But if that doesn't happen, you should be able to, at the very least, consistently run the ball against this front. Yeah. And, we, you know, with the belief that this Williams kid is the real deal, um, you know, you're going to have opportunities. <laughs> Call me old fashioned, but I want Henderson to get the ball every single snap. If they feel like they have something with Kyron Williams, I'm ready to see it. You know, you're in that same mentality where you throw a backup quarterback out there, could potentially move the pocket. I want to see a new running back come out there that's bigger and stronger, more built like a Todd Gurley versus a Daryl Henderson, and see if he could be the next guy. I'm ready to see that completely. Well, what annoys me is, and I know I'm sorry, but we're getting back on the Rams offense. Is, <laughs> well, like in in as a matchup preview against yeah, exactly in tandem with the okay. Cardinals. Um, 
And that's where, like, the 49ers have, do such a good job with running back by committee. It's like they don't pull people out when they're going. Yeah. And, like when, like, when another guy comes in, it feels fresh. And I swear to God, every time they, they pull Henderson or, or Cam, it's like right after they had a great, great run. And then they put in, like, the other guy. And it's like, oh, great, minus one yard. Doesn't make it, any sense. They need me on the sidelines as like a vibe checker and being like, no, his vibes are still good. Keep him out there. Yeah. Don't pull him back yet. Because I because they have Liam Cohen, who is the vibe killer, apparently, being like, now's the time to pull him out. So I uh, it that is irritating as heck. But that's what it's all about with a running back. Like running backs will tell you personally they if they have 10 carries, 12 carries, 14, and they feel like they're just starting to get going. Like it, have you ever played football? Like it takes a little bit. Once you get hit a couple of times, you're ready to go. Like you oh. get your ass kicked and you get beaten to the ground once or twice. You want to get hit again and you want to inflict pain on other people. That's Believe what it's me. all about. Believe me, I've played I've played football before. A little fun story for our listeners one time. <laughs> I was addressing the broader audience. I know, I know, but I want to tell this story. Um, one time I'm playing backyard football, me and Dean and a bunch of our friends from, from the neighborhood. Dean's play call for me is to just run across the middle and catch a pass. And I catch it and I get lit up by this kid that's like six years older than me. Maintain control of the ball. Break my wrist. Didn't know it was broken at the time. Break my wrist. Crying, you know. But I get back in the game, catch two more touchdowns, game-winning touchdown, go back home, still crying. Um, and my dad's like, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Put it on ice. <laughs> and <laughs> then the next day, my mom sees it, and it's like a balloon. And then we go to the hospital. It's confirmed broken. But yeah. I know football, okay? That's Nick a little – a little Nicky nice, side story. Nice blue cast. Looks like mm -hmm. the color of my shirt. I'll, you played organized football too, though, for a few years, and you're a decent receiver in your time. I give you tons of credit. It's almost like the Buda Baker injury where he had a high hand, a high ankle sprain in this past game, played through the whole rest, or Eric Weddle you said the, the, with the torn shoulder ligament, finishes the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. that kind of mentality. It's cool to see it, though, from a 12-year-old versus a 36-year-old in the Super Bowl. But regardless... Yeah. It's an important skill to have. Once you get hit, you want to keep inflicting pain unless you get hurt and break your wrist. Right. Nick Vespi, confirmed football guy. <laughs> um, you're also a pretty good defensive back. I would say yeah. that the Cardinals do not have that whatsoever. Like, I feel like when they lose Buda Baker. <laughs> Great transition. Thank you. Their personality is much lesser, right? I feel like that's the personality of the defense, him him screaming and crying in the locker room and having that kind of energy like that to me says, Oh, he's going to be somewhere else next year. If this team finishes three and 12 or three and 33, 14, you know, this Buda Baker is going to be somewhere else because he's a winning type player. Yeah, He's too good to be locked in on this Cardinals team next year. Yeah. But I don't know but what it's going to be. You bring in a new head coach. You, you, you don't really know what this Cardinals team could be next year. So exactly. Yep. Totally. <laughs> No, but I don't think that there's any legitimate fear with him not on the field because Jalen Thompson and Chris Banjo, they're not legitimate threats on the back end. And I'm sure they're going to be sitting comfortably in a too high shell unless the Rams' offense adjusts accordingly. But only Cooper Cup, you know, he's the guy that would find a void in that too high shell and would break another 70-yard touchdown. So neither of those two guys concern me whatsoever. Marco Wilson, he's one of their two outside corners. He's currently ranked 107th out of 113 qualifying corners which is really bad. 
He's not a good player. And no. then Trayvon Mullins is their outside corner. He's not currently ranked. Um, he's not a great player either. And he's filling in for what Byron Murphy or DJ Humphreys. I'm not sure which, but they're going to struggle and they may even struggle against John Wolford. They have a injury report. That's 15 players deep right now. So it's a similar situation to what we dealt with, with the Niners where you're at the very least going to have the opportunity where you're playing at home and you have an advantage in terms of injuries, which is, you know, just if you have an edge week to week and there's a team that's more banged up than you, then you should be able to win the game. It's pretty simple. Yeah. So, and actually Dean, we have a surprise guest, believe it or not, I was able to get banjo. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Wrong, wrong banjo. That wasn't Chris banjo. My bad. That was not Chris banjo. Although Chris banjo is having a pretty good season so far. Yeah, no, I know. I just, I had to make that joke. I have it right here. We like Chris Banjo. He'll go back into different worlds to find and learn new moves to come, then come back to play the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. He's an excellent talent. It's a recycled analogy that I was planning to use in the last episode. Well, Failure. full circle. Full Regardless circle. of how the Rams are doing, I think Rams Brothers, the pod, is in, is in great hands right now. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I'm ready to take a water break. I don't know. Oh yeah, why don't you, uh, you know, tell us about this water that you're gonna drink on your break? Sure. Yeah. So I have this water here, and uh, it's liquid death. I poured it into a glass, but it's actually liquid death. No, I can't. I can't lie to you guys. It's not liquid death. I wish it was. I was gonna say I wish it was. Yeah. There's there's a new water brand that's out there. If you don't already know about it after listening to nine or ten episodes of us talking about it, then you should now. It's a tall boy. But it's not beer, it's not seltzer, it's not anything else. It's just mountain spring water that's available in still sparkling and three flavors. It's liquid death. There's something about drinking water out of a can. It's insanely refreshing. You could fool your girlfriend, your mother, your grandmother, your wife, your fiance, all five of them if you want, um, and tell them that you're drinking a beer. But when in reality, when you pull down the brown paper bag, it's actually just a tall boy. So go to your... Go get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods or Ralph's or Albertsons or Vons or 7-Eleven. Or you can find Liquid Death at a retailer near you with a store locator tool at www.liquiddeath.com slash LAFB. Go down there, order Liquid Death. It's the uh, brand with the skull and crossbones on the front of a can of water. It's refreshing and enjoy. It's also, whenever I drink one, it's nice because every now and then someone will be like, oh, I always wondered what that was. What is it? And you can lie. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude, have you ever heard of Four Loco? It's that times 10. <laughs> but, you know, it's just water. It's fun. Crazy. Right? Here, try a sip. I dare yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. No GMO. Anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't even taste it. Yeah. All right. Is there uh? A theme song I should be playing for? Yes, but not yet. There's a new one. Okay. Not yet. Don't play it yet. You tell me when, sir. Okay. So we're moving on to Nick's picks already in week 10. And you know what? It feels like week 10. The wind chill is hitting the back necks of these average team. The cold air is telling them it's time to play the best November football so you can play January football. It's also the time of year where, quote, unquote, good teams get too cocky. Remember last year, Cardinals 8-0? And then we were able to stomp their dreams. That was pretty beautiful. I remember. Yeah. very. (laughs) I I vividly remember them being 
way, way, way too good. Yeah. And then I remember, and similar to what the Eagles are going through this year, not that hard of a schedule. Is it the true team? You know, we're going to see the reality in the back half of the season. December, January is what it's all about. So. Exactly. Exactly. But Dean, we got a new theme song this week. Uh, the people at Nick's Picks is are they're really proud of it. So why don't you just play it to get us into the g- degenerate mood? Fine. I think we could win. I think we could lose. I think we could easily push. I think we could be the greatest gamblers that you ever did see. I think we could win. I think we could lose. I think we could easily push. I think we could be the greatest gamblers that you ever did see. I think we could win. I think we could lose. I think we could easily push. I think we could be the greatest gamblers that you ever did see. Think we could win. Think we could lose. Think we could easily push. Think we could be the greatest gamblers that you ever did see. Think we could win. Think we could lose. Easily push. Think we could be the greatest gamblers that you ever did see. Think we could win. Think we could lose. Think we could easily push. Think we could be the greatest gamblers that you ever did see. Oh my God, that was it. So yeah, I I mean this is. I mean, proof is in the pudding. You are the true talent of the podcast. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just the older brother. No, 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 no. I Nick's picks is nothing without Dean's locks. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> um, but that got me in a pretty good mood. So, uh, Dean, take me out of that good mood with your lock because Dean's locks this year are anything but. So let's see you pick a winner. Let's see you try. Jeez, mm, that's makes me feel about this big. Let me see you try. Let me let me see you cry. Um, hold on. Colts. Uh, no crying in football. There's no crying in football. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Colts to cover the Raiders spread. Mm, oh, he's going against Nick's picks, everybody. Nick's, uh, the Raiders are falling apart. Uh, Blake Martinez just retired, and Hunter Renfro on the IR, and Darren Waller's on the IR. And I think the other coach that may get fired right after Cliff Kingsbury would Josh. Yeah, I mean, this is a one and done year for him for sure. Yeah, and Colts are now going to be playing against uh, or playing with a new head coach. You know, no more Frank Reich. So we're going to get into that. But let's get started. Let's get started because that's the last pick. So thanks for spoiling. Dean's lock is Colts plus five. Um, But all right. So here we go. Jacks at KC. I'm starting off with my favorite game of the week. Straight up right here. Think the Jags are in a great spot. And I think they are underrated. I'll say it because nobody else wants to say it. But they're good. They're good enough to win this game, in my opinion. Kitchen sink game, if I've ever seen one. You know those crappy teams, the Jags, are going to see a game against the Chiefs and they're going to walk in strong because they know that this could be their entire season. If we beat this team, at least we're serviceable. You go out there, you put on a display against Kansas City, you really start making some moves. They're not out of it. That's the beauty of football right now. Not even the Lions are out of it. See, if Lawrence versus Mahomes has a shot to be a great high-flying game, you got two former Eagles coaches from the same tree battling it out. You don't think Peterson knows how Reed's going to run his offense? After pulling out a close one last week, this is where I'd want to see the Chiefs uh, kerfuffled 
and looking on to next week against the Chargers. They were barely able to beat the Tannehill-less Titans. I'm taking Jags plus nine and a half. I think they are. They could straight up win the game. I'm sprinkling some on plus 350 money line because I think it's highly possible. But the official pick is Jags plus nine and a half. I like 35-32, Jags win in a full-on shootout. Duval Nation stand-up. <laughs> My God, oh, that is such a crazy pick. And you know what? I feel like the crazy picks this year are the ones that are winners. So I'm not going to argue it one way or the other. But, I mean, Jacksonville putting up 35 points in Kansas City against Andy Reid? I don't know. Hey, look, nobody thought that Nick Foles and Peterson Eagles were going to be able to put up what was it? Forty-two points against the Patriots, but 40, 44 to thirty-three. What the hell was the score of that game? I don't know. I see flags every time I come on the Jersey Shore, flying high um, with the score. Yep, something like that was yeah. the final score. Um, okay, you like it? You hate it? I, no, I definitely don't. I definitely do not hate it. Um, also, something just, you could Kansas, Kansas City's just world class at closing out games. So if it's close, I just like their chances to close. Something out. you could do is you could tease Jackson because the over under sits at fifty. Mm-hmm. You could take um, you can minus like subtract six points from the over and have it at over forty four, and then add six points to the nine. So Dean, real fast, what's nine plus six? Fifteen. 15 and a half. So you could have it 15 and a half over 44 points, Jags. So I, I, I also like that. That, That's just something like that's something that, that stood out to me. I, I teasers are not something that gamblers look at teaser, like professional gamblers look at teases, like, you know, idiot play. So it's something I like, but you know, I'm not going to sit here and make that an official pick. That's fast math. Yeah. When gambling's involved, I'm a mathematician. What can I say? <laughs> Gambling and golf. I could add up my golf scorecard. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. So then moving on, we got New Orleans at Pittsburgh. This is a stay away game for most people, but here on Nick's Picks, we run headfirst into traps. That way, even if we do get caught, we get out faster. I think it's obvious which team is better, and it's the Saints. Steelers have a good defense and a solid run game, but the Saints have the ability to score on you often. The Saints team is another team that's still in way more than most teams, heavily in the fight for the division title. So these are the games that they have to come out and win because the Steelers are not a great team. They're coming off a bye. That doesn't scare me. Uh, Pickett, he doesn't scare me. Uh, I think the Saints should be starting Jameis, but with or without him, I believe. He's still hurt. No, I mean, he was cleared two weeks ago. And – and they just stuck with um, they stuck with Dalton, which I don't know why. I don't know. Um, but the NFC uh, South, low key, kind of the most fun division to see how it plays out. Um, you can get Saints at minus one and a half for minus one ten, or Saints money line at minus one twenty five. Hmm. Listen, just take the damn money line, just because. Think about how mad you would be if the Saints win by exactly one. That's it's not that much of a difference. I'm surprised um, the Saints that are a dome team are favorited in Pittsburgh. Like that usually would never happen. Like well, over I mean, the last I think, 15 years. I know. think Pittsburgh just is bad. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just straight up. And I think sometimes you just got to look at stuff as black and white as it appears. 24 to 7, Saints win it and it's not close. 
Also, I'm going to take the under 40. Just take it, close your eyes, and pray it hits because Knicks picks over and unders are never as good as the straight bets. So just under 40 and, you know, give me the little prayer hands. Thank you. You're welcome. And then Dean's favorite pick, Colts at Raiders. Dean likes the Colts. Nick likes the Raiders. Ugh. You may say I'm an idiot, but I'm not the only one. They have the makings of a good team. The coaching isn't there. They play safe after gaining a lead, and then they inevitably blow it. How many times did Mike Zimmer have to teach us this lesson? Prevent D doesn't prevent anything. And because of that, the Raiders can't close games, and they continue to lose tight. But I think they're learning from their mistakes. Uh, Derek Carr is uh, post-game talking about how the coaching is bad. So I think they're going to make some adjustments. The Colts, on the other hand, good God. No one on this coaching staff has ever called a play. They have a rookie quarterback, and they haven't had their star running back all year. Colts, you're like the Sopranos, baby. You're over. Raiders minus five was too low. Where do we go from here? I'm feeling this. 27-3. to Raiders blow them suckers out. I mean, come on. This shit's in Vegas. They're going to go ham. A winnable game in Vegas. The Raiders have to take care of business. You made a forgetting Sarah Marshall reference and a Blink-182 reference and a Sopranos reference in that. (laughs) Very, very impressive. And then a Billy Madison reference right there with the laugh. That was... Well, I was, was trying. Was I was Paul. going, yeah. It, no, I was going for Pauly in Sopranos, Pauly yeah. Walnuts. But yeah, I, I, yeah. You know what's so weird about the Raiders? Didn't they? They were got to the playoffs with an interim head coach, wasn't it? Rob Basilica, the Python. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, he a Python? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess he's got <laughs> a vowel at the end of his name. Yeah. That means that they. I think they had a winning record under him. They brought in Josh McDaniels and McDaniel, and they've lost. I mean, their record's brutal, but they've been ahead in games. I think they blew 17-point lead and then a 17-point lead and then a 20-point lead over the last four weeks. Yeah. So I just have no confidence in them to blow anybody out. doesn't matter what professional football team it is. I just think there's so much talent on that team. I think Derek Carr is great, and I would be shocked. To, I'd like They're a team that, that does better when turmoil is presented at them. Like last year, the, all the mm-hmm. stuff with Gruden – they bring sure. an interim head coach. Um, I think they they flourish when the sky is falling. And I think they kind of caught, caught the Colts here at a good moment. So, And then moving on, my quick pick, Broncos country. Let's ride. I like them against the Titans after a bye. Sue <laughs> no me. Shot, no shot. I like it. Oh, I'll take the Titans in that game. Tannehill lifts Titans. They can't really do anything but run the ball. And no, the Broncos. going to be good there. That Broncos have a good run D. I guess we'll see. That, yeah, that game probably. might be nine to six. And oh yeah, by the way, throwing out a bonus pick this week, so we got six picks on next picks. Rams money line. I like them better with the backup. I'm sorry. Yes, but there's yeah. a lot of context that comes with you liking them better with a backup. Right, right. Which we went into. Nobody's so, nobody's saying John Wolford over Matthew Stafford. Just no, 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 no. Never. You will never hear me say that take. <laughs> Just to clear the air. No, okay. yeah. Um, so run it back with extra stick straps. Jags plus nine and a half over Kansas City. Saints money line minus 125. Under 40 in Saints Steelers. Raiders minus five over Colts. 
Broncos money line sitting at plus 115. And finally, our Rams money line at minus 125. That I mean, the game's in SoFi. So I like that one a lot too. My favorite being Jags plus nine and a half. I, I think those would be my two. I think I would go against you on the Raiders pick and then I would go Jags to cover the spread. No shot. I'm taking the money line, but that spread, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, big things in the work on Nick's picks. I don't know what I'll do to top the theme song um, for next week, but hopefully it's uh, it's goofy and it's funny and we can we can all laugh together because I know you Yeah, really don't like tire yourself out too much. You don't run out of material, Chappelle. We're going to need you. We might we might need you on the pile at some point. Taryn might need another writer on the show. Oh, God. I Taryn, Taryn, Taryn Killam, I want to talk directly to you because I love you so much. You got to get us on that show, on that writing staff. I mean, listen to these theme songs every week. We kill it. We knock it out of the park on Nick's picks with Rams Brothers. Although their Odell song was pretty damn good today, if you heard it. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, and it was, I, it yeah, it was really good. But, you know, they got a lot of production value over there. I'm working it's with true. no budget. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Well, here's this cost us about a dollar to make. How about this? Hold on. Keep, keep, saying, keep the dances going because you were, you know, you were killing it when it was playing. Um, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, follow. We have a blue check mark right now, but it's it's, it's fake. So uh, we're gonna work. We bought it. We're gonna work towards the real one. Um, but an effort to expand the fan base, of course. We wanted to make sure that there was some form of verification in place. Thank you guys for listening. You guys are the best. Uh, Rams hopefully are getting better, while you guys are pretty much staying the same. So. Yeah, take care, guys. Don't let the losses hurt you too hard. Remember, we're still Super Bowl champs. Horns up, everybody. Cheers. Go Rams. Go Rams. Peace.